Welcome to the Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Show, bringing you over three decades of experience to dominate your league. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy and Andy Yakubuski. Hi, and welcome to the Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Show. I'm Andy Yakubuski, your co-host and two-time Steel City champion. And I'm Jimmy Yakubuski, commissioner of Steel City Fantasy Football League. And we're bringing you over 30 decades of experience to help you dominate your league. Today is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. We are now four weeks into the NFL. So, you know, Jim, we got to understand that our audience, there could be jams out there that are starting their season out 0-4. You know, that's not me. I know it's not you either. But how is your season going so far, Jim? Uh, Personally, for me, I feel like... I've made the uh, proper adjustments um, using the waiver wire effectively. Um, we have a lot of depth on the bench. Um, and even going back to the draft, I haven't ma- had to make very many adjustments to the starting lineup. Um, they've been fairly healthy for the most part across the board and very balanced um, in each position. After week two, my defenders, I think almost every one of them got hung on my castle walls <laughs> and spiked on, on uh, yeah, because they were all awful pretty much. So, but now my team's finally feel like it's clicking the way it should. My ground game combo of Jonathan Taylor, my franchise tag, and Alvin Kamara, my draft pick, first round draft selection this year. Week four, they finally turned it up. So, I'm pretty excited about this season moving forward. Yeah, to kind of pose a question out there for uh, a lot of our uh, general fans. If you have started your season 0-4, a lot of things that that I kind of like to do. There's always next year. Well, (laughs) you might not have to throw in the towel quite yet. Um, Thank you for your donation. (laughs) So if you kind of split the season, I guess, roughly into quarters – I know we have generally we have 14 weeks in our regular season. So we're going to have the playoffs week 15, 16, 17. So you're looking at four down, 10 to go. Um, what's your team look like? This might be the perfect time if you are 1 and 3, 0 and 4 to start looking where you are have been severely, let's say malnourished on the fantasy football scoreboard and look into making trades if your league has a trade deadline. Our trade deadline in Steel City is November 15th. Yeah, that's a good point, Jim. And I was just kidding. Your season's not over, guys. Pick your heads up. Four games in. Look, worst case scenario, you're only four games back from first place. So you're only four games back from being the best in the league. Biggest thing is pay attention to whoever your uh, league, whatever you're in. If you don't know it, ask your commissioner. Ask how the playoff berth situation is, what you got to do. And just focus on getting in the playoffs. Because once you get in the playoffs, whether you're structured week 15, 16, 17, 16, 7, 18, since there's you know, an extra game this year, anything can happen. So just get in. I've seen teams get in with losing records in our league over the years that have gone on and just dark horsed it and won the whole thing. So one of them happened to my dad back in the day. And this brings us to our headlines coming out of week four, Jim. Week four brought us another crazy weekend. Kind of not crazy was Burrow buries the Jags. Figured that would happen. Brady wins in non-stellar fashion in Foxborough. Everybody thought he was going to light it up with 500 passing yards and 10 touchdowns, and he pretty much just showed up and wore his jersey and 
they end up winning anyways. But uh, Steelers continue okay. to struggle. Lots of notable injuries coming out of week four. Uh, DJ Chark for the uh, Jaguars broke his ankle or something. He's out definitely. Bridgewater entered concussion protocol. Jimmy G hurts his calf. Um, what else you got for us, Jim, coming out of week four? Coming out of week four, Andy, I know you have a fairly sharp memory of things that we say during the podcast. Um, do you recall last week me talking about the, uh, the Cowboys going to be victorious over the Panthers? I did. I recorded a lot of things you talked about last week. And yes, I had that down as a lock pick for you. Cowboys over the Panthers. That was a good one. Yeah, so that that came out of week four. That nailed that one. Um, so Panthers now fall to three and one. I've been highly impressed with Dak Prescott's play this year. I, th- I believe he was leading the league in passing whenever he went down last year at that time. Yeah, he had roughly 440 passing yards on average per game last year before he had that brutal injury to his ankle. I drafted him this year, and yes, I am very impressed with Dak on my team. He's been outstanding. I actually go into a little bit more for our rewind segment, now or fail, uh, after we're done with the headlines here, Jim. I'd like to give a shout-out to the pathetic Texans. They might be – they're the worst team in the league. I guess I just – Kind of put it point blank. Um, losing 40-0 to zero to the Bills. Quarterback Mills, 87 yards passing with four interceptions. There isn't a very bright future uh, f- for that team this season. You don't think Danny Amendola's 2.5 mil contract is going to save them this year, Jim? Absolutely not. I don't know what you're really going to see there that could really, uh, let's say, strike a, a miracle chord with that team. They might want to look forward to, at least with that Deshaun Watson situation, maybe just throw the rest of their games away just so they can get the number one draft pick for a future franchise quarterback. That's horrible, Jimmy. They're still in it. That's that's not really not true at all. But I really want to talk about, forget about Texans, I really want to talk about what's going on with the Steelers this year. I mean, they have got so many weapons on that team. They got... I really had high hopes for them, and I'm not throwing in the towel just yet, but what's going on with the Steelers, Jim? Can you break down for us, listeners here, or, um, what's going on? Where, where to start? Where to start? I, I really like when you set me up with these loaded questions. <laughs> oh, it's definitely a fully loaded gun at you. Uh, I'll just help you out a little bit. The team is a total disarray mess. I mean, Really from top down, it really starts with the man who's coaching, the head of the team, Mike Tomlin. I wish it was sunnier outside here in Pittsburgh and he'd wear his shades more often because with his shades off, his kind of uh, his hand is revealed and he looks absolutely just clueless out there like he doesn't know what's going on. And I wish that wasn't the case, but man, the scoreboard tells a different story and when you watch the games, it's like, I want to say outcoached because that's such a cliche, but... He's not really adding a whole lot of value to that team right now, and I don't know, man. I would say the sun has set (laughs) with the passion and the fire that I expect to see from a head coach on on the sideline. He had the Bill Cower days with the the anger, you know, trying to fire his team up, the chin coming out. Um, I really don't see that ferocity from the coach throughout the game whatsoever. 
I mean, I've seen Tomlin this year. I've seen him. It was week one or two where he was, you know, getting all – he was yelling at the refs, getting all fired up and stuff like that. It was reminiscent of the Bill Cowher days era, and I know we were spoiled here with Bill every week acting like that. I'm not saying they have to act like that, but when plays happen, when your receiver gets just completely mauled on the field and you stand there and you're just blinking, staring around, not saying anything – that's a problem. That's a big problem. You know, you're watching the game. Your fans are just foaming at the mouth, and you're just blinking, not saying anything to the refs. you got to assert yourself position, being the coach, being a coach of that team, and and say, hey, refs, you know, you got that call wrong. You know, you, it was all over them, whatever. You know, you, you just can't just stand there and not say anything. I don't know. And uh, furthermore, I know we've heard a lot of trash talk league-wide let's say, or even sports show-wide, specifically Mark Madden's show here in the local area, Pittsburgh, trash-talking the offensive line relentlessly over and over again, um, really raising the morale of the rookies that happen to start on the offensive line. Yes, there are some some snags that need to be worked out. Nothing's going to be flawless, but let's attribute a lot of what's happening in the sack department to the fact that Ben is not throwing the ball downfield and besides not throwing the ball downfield has absolutely zero ability to elude pressure. No matter what offensive line you have, you could have the best offensive line in the league that can pass block for you, run block for you immaculately. But if you have absolutely zero mobility at the quarterback position to elude pressure, nothing is going to save your team. Footwork. You got to have footwork. And Ben had that. He had the footwork. He could twist around and, and avoid getting tackles when he held the ball for a while and extend those plays. But those days are long gone. And I th- was hoping he would prove us wrong or just you know maybe set the record straight in his own season when he threw that bomb to Deontay Johnson. 45-yard bomb touchdown against the Packers this week. I thought, here we go. Maybe they— That was a tease. Maybe, tease play. Maybe they, maybe, they, maybe they understand what's going on. They need to actually throw the ball deep downfield and still got it. Maybe they worked on his arm doing something, you know, gave him a shot on his arm that turns dribbles into fox squirrels. I don't know. But it was great to see. And, yeah, it was a tease, Jim. I was teased. I liked it. It's because cool. everything reverted back to the Bengals' performance after that Deontay Johnson throw. We could talk about this all day. Let's go to our next segment. Rewind, never fail. I can promise you that nobody uh, else does it. Uh, okay, this wait, show. wait. We, we can't stop the Steelers topic <laughs> oh, no. j- quite yet. Um, the Steelers fans have broken into this stadium. They're uh, broken into the building here. They're pushing the doors down. We're in complete <laughs> panic mode here at Jack Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Show. As poorly as the offense has been playing, um, I feel like the defense is, is kind of quitting also, Andy. Um, they allowed uh, Green Bay to score points on five straight possessions. I'm glad you interrupted me because this is a great point. When you pay a man $80 million you got to be able to run down Aaron Rodgers and rip his head off, not just jog behind him and let him score a touchdown. I mean, come on, TJ. Come on. What was that? They hadn't scored on five straight possessions since uh, a game I I was reading in uh, 2016, I believe. Green Bay hasn't scored on five straight possessions. 
So if the offense is going to set them up to be on the field the entire game, they're thinking, well, what the hell should we even try? Look at this lackluster performance. We'll just join in. Are you good now, Jim? Did you get that off your chest now? No, I'm not. Move, I'm not. Move on? I'm not good. But if you're, you're twisting my arm, I guess we'll move forward. <laughs> All right, back to our rewind. Never fail. I can promise you, no one else does this in the industry. We bring back our calls from last week and reveal with brutal honesty to ourselves as quote Monday morning quarterbacks. Everyone wants to tell you what they think will happen. They even break it down to exact tenth fantasy point, how many yards they'll get, like Cynthia on NFL football. But no one ever circles back and talks about whether they got it right or not. No one until now. So last week, looking at my calls, we told and, you. And Andy, yeah. Andy. Go ahead. Why would you throw it behind the line of scrimmage on two fourth down plays? <laughs> Are you really back to the Pittsburgh Back game? to the Steelers. Oh, man. Uh, Our show make is the line of game and burning. Crashing and burning. We got to be more solid in this, Jim. You know, we can't let the Steelers season completely dictate the the rate of our show here mic drop <laughs> so anyways last week i told you carolina needs mccaffrey that turned out to be true because they dropped one against the cowboys i told you the sun is set on big ben as you can hear our show is burning on fire right now the building's on fire so yeah that still holds out to be true um we gave you some pickups last week which still could tr- prove to be good pickups but um, didn't really do a whole lot last week. Chubba Hubbard, 57 yards rushing. Alexander Madison, uh, split carries with Dalvin Cook, with Dalvin Cook going in there. Madison only had uh, 20 yards on 10 carries. Pretty poor performance for him. Dalvin Cook didn't really do a whole lot either on his part. But I did tell you about Corderell Patterson, and that's one of our week's rewind. Here's last week's call from Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Another guy I want to talk about, I talked about last week, is Corderell Patterson, uh, reception machine. He still remains available in 32% of leagues across all formats. He had six catches for 82 yards and 20 yards rushing in week three. So you need Corderell, go out and grab him. Check your site too, whatever site you're on, you might be able to plug him in and running back or wide receiver. So he's kind of like this crazy hybrid player. They're starting to even use him for kick return yards. So Corderell Patterson, go out and get him. I did. So there you go. That was the call from last week about Cordell Patterson. I talked to him about him for two weeks. Uh, week four, he had 34 rushing yards, 82 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns, three of them, a 42-yarder, 12-yarder, and a 14-yarder, and all on five catches. So, wow. Cordell Patterson, uh, our league, he got 42 points. He's stealing all of Calvin Ridley's production on my team. Yes, he is bearing your team and elevating mine. I love the Cordell Patterson call on that one. So for two weeks, I talked about Cordell Patterson. Uh, he was really available in all leagues across all formats. Now he's only available in 15% of leagues across all formats. So chances are he's probably um, taken in your league, maybe packaged some trade deal up with uh, some of these studs that are hurt and you kind of just want to get them off your team. Cordell Patterson might be somebody you're looking to go after, package a trade deal up, might be a good Good time for that, especially for all you 0-4 GMs out there. And last week on our Hope and Despair segment, we told you hope for Dalvin Cook. I still believe that's hope, but uh, he didn't really do a whole lot. Nine carries, 34 yards, two catches for 10 yards against the Browns. Um, KC season, still got my homes. They got it done. Jonathan Taylor, me and Jimmy split on this one last week. I told you Taylor Hope, 
He told you Taylor despair. Just want to tell you, Jimmy, I got that one right because Taylor got over a hundred yards. So in week four and brought our team up to their uh, another W for uh, the season. Make sure you always take into consideration to our fan base out there. Taylor ran against the Dolphins. Almost everybody does that. That's not true. Okay, it's not true at all. Taylor is a beast. Anyways. Washington D, we told you despair for Washington D last week. That holds true. Their defense is absolutely horrible. Horrible. I just told you about Crodell Patterson. Yeah, he's the one that just smoked Washington's D. So, biggest one, Jim. You told me Rams over Cardinals. I took that, and I also took your um, the other call you made, So, but it failed miserably. You took the Rams over the Cardinals. You said Rams would be 4-0. Cardinals would get their first loss. Well, Kyler Murray... Goes into Sophie Stadium for the Rams' second home game ever, and they get it done. They mm-hmm. smoked the Rams, and I was watching um, Good Morning Football Show. Kay Adams picked her pigskin lock of the week on a Good Morning Football Show. She picked the Cardinals. So I was kind of shocked and startled, Jim, that, hey, look, Kay Adams is picking the Cardinals. That was her, that was her lock pick? Yeah, that was what she staked her whole career on. They mm-hmm. had this segment they called the pigskin pick of the week. Good weekend. thing I picked the Cowboys over the Panthers for my lock pick. <laughs> well, before we get to that, Jim, let's look at this week's another rewind into your Cardinals-Rams uh, pick. Who will be 4-0 after week four? Andy, I'm just going to have to go with a repeat pick. Last week I chose the Rams over the Buccaneers, and they're playing at home again against the Cardinals. I can't see them losing to the Cardinals at home uh, the way that they seem to be really comfortable in that new stadium. Uh, Rams will go to 4-0. Wow. Rams 4-0 over the undefeated Cardinals. Very interesting. So there it is, Jimmy. That was your call. Uh, Rams over Cardinals. I mean, what do you, what do you got to say for yourself, Jim? Uh, well, yeah, I made that call last week. I'll, I, you know, I'll own up to it. Um, accept uh, accountability there. Um, one thing that highly surprised me with this week is, I guess you could say that I didn't really factor in. I didn't think that the Cardinals' offensive line was really going to have their way with the Aaron Donald and the defensive line of the Rams. The Cardinals rushed for 216 yards. Almost as many yards as Kyler Murray passed. So I wouldn't really say Kyler Murray came in there and let it up. It was the rushing attack. Uh, specifically, Chase Edmonds had, it was 12 carries for 120 yards, like 10 yards a carry. Completely ridiculous. I don't think he's ever run for 100 yards against anybody, has he? Chase Edmonds? Yes. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to, uh, I don't know. I know he's always been like um, kind of like that third down back. Kind of a, a quick, a agile receiving back. He's not a workhorse uh, by any means. That's why he had 12 carries. Not like he had 30 carries, like 33 carries, specifically like Derrick Henry had this past weekend. To generate 120 yards on 12 carries, uh, he's never been in that role. Even last year, he backed up Kenyon Drake. It was just surprising to see how Cardinals pretty much ran at will, um, imposed it on the Rams defense. So that was that was shocking to me. Well, Jimmy, your career has ended even before it started. 
So congrats, Miss Adams, on your pigskin pick of the week. Picking the Cardinals, Jimmy, you failed us with the Rams. But I did. you did mention that you did get the Cowboys versus Panthers call right. So I did dig through our archives and from last week. So we'll play that rewind for you. Uh, so we'll get your uh, self-esteem back up where it needs to be. Um, ouch. So the Panthers, are, is their D really that solid? Or were they they will be truly tested this week against the Cowboys, which we'll talk later in the podcast, is my uh, one of my upset picks, just like the Rams over the Bucks last week. Oh, that's exciting stuff, Jim. Yeah, as I said, Andy, uh, that was my actual lock pick of the week. I know you mentioned Kay Adams, and we're really not have. I didn't pick two lock picks. Um, I know she only picked one game, so we can Cow- do that here, Jim. The Cowboys were the lock, so I went out on a limb just to throw in the Rams. But the Cowboys were the lock pick. But if you're comparing me to Kay and how she does, well, she's it, a lot prettier than you, Jim. If we're comparing the two, I agree. Um, not on not on all days, Jim. You do have your days too, but on most, she wins in that department. Yeah, I do have, uh, let's say, semi-glamorous days myself. But (laughs) the thing is, when you're looking at that, so you're looking at the Cowboys and you're looking at the Rams, let's take a look at longevity here. Like, the season is not decided in a week. Compare me to Kay for the entire season on all her lock picks versus my lock picks. And we'll see how that turns out. Kind of like how they do on Fox NFL Sunday with Terry and the guys. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll have a Kay versus Jimmy segment. We'll have that. We'll add that segment in. K versus Jimmy, starting week five. We're going to keep track of it here from here going out. K Adams versus Jimmy Yagaboski from Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Who's going to win at the end of this season? Is it going to be K or is it going to be Jimmy? And in the next podcast, we won't decide it today, but if I happen to lose this longevity matchup for the entire season, Andy's going to determine what the punishment will be next week. Oh, I love it. I love determining your punishment. So we'll wipe the slate clean for you and Kay. We'll start you right out of the gate. Week five, you both got zero points for each accurate um, pick. You will get one point apiece. This moves us to our next segment on the wire. This week's hot waiver wire pickups, chasing the ambulances, and jumping into the minds of head coaches around the league. We bring you on the wire. This week's hot waiver wire pickups. Okay, as far as the the waiver wire, Andy, uh, someone I'm looking at, tight end position Dalton Schultz I was kind of waiting to see the past few weeks what was going to pan out because I know there was kind of like some conflict with okay is Schultz the primary tight end or are they going to use Blake Jarwin in Dallas as the primary tight end really kind of muddled there Um, but it seems like over the past few weeks um, Dak Prescott's really relied heavily on Dalton Schultz, especially in the red zone, and he's been used a lot more in the off- offensive passing game. Another guy I like is Kenneth Gainwell. He's actually uh, the backup running back to Miles Sanders on the Philadelphia Eagles. He is a PPR magnet. Miles Sanders seems to be falling off the tracks and failing a little bit. Kenneth Gainwell this week got six catches for 58 yards, and he also had a rushing touchdown, three carries for 31 yards, a rushing touchdown in the Eagles-Chiefs game. Um, he's available in 49% of leagues across all formats. And along those lines, another PPR magnet I like out there is Jeremy McNichols for Tennessee. He had eight catches for 74 yards in the Jets-Titans game this week. So there's another. If your league is PPR formatted, there's two great pickups for you, Kenneth Gainwell and Jeremy McNichols. 
And I'd like to just throw one more out there, Andy. Randall Cobb, wide receiver for the Packers, he actually left Green Bay, and now he has come back. Aaron Rodgers requested that he come back to town. Getting that chemistry as far as looking for him in the red zone, he goes and sits in the middle of the zone, wide open. He found that a lot on Sunday, had a couple touchdowns, so he's definitely one of Aaron's favorite red zone targets and also trusts him on third downs to move the chains. And Randall Cobb is available in 85% of leagues across all formats. Also, if you're looking for someone with a high-risk, high-reward, i got two guys for you, Josh Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. Both were electrifying players in their prime. Both are sneakingly traveling up the depth chart of their respective teams. Receiver Gordon for the Kansas City Chiefs and running back Le'Veon Bell of the Baltimore Ravens. I wouldn't drop anyone of real value for these two quite yet, but if you have room, these guys could help you mid to late season and especially fantasy playoff time. Le'Veon Bell is available in 69% of leagues out there, and Josh Gordon is available in 66% of leagues across all formats. It's time for my favorite segment, Jim, Hope or Despair. This is where we talk about the biggest bust of the week. I know there's GMs out there just chomping out the bit to put these players on the chopping block, but let's pause and talk about it, then start chopping. We will bring up a player's name, and we will discuss whether they labeled Hope which means don't lose faith in them. Keep them on your roster. They got better times ahead. Or we label them despair. Trade them. Cut them from your team. It's time to go separate ways. Obviously, I don't mean cutting your despair studs, but trade them before it's too late and their stock value drops to zero. Okay, first, Jim, I got Juju Smith-Schuster. Pains me to say this, but Juju Smith-Schuster is on the hope or despair chopping block. He had eight targets and only came up with two catches for 11 yards in the Packers-Steelers game. Uh, what's your verdict on Juju, Jim? Hope or despair? Complete despair, Andy. Ooh. Um, that's a double despair from Yakima's Fantasy Football Podcast Show. Yeah, I don't have trust in Ben either. Next, I got Miles Sanders, Jim. Miles Sanders running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, in the Chiefs game, he had seven attempts carrying the rock for 13 yards a 1.9 average against the chiefs Jim. ouch uh miles sanders uh hope or despair i'd have to say despair in general to the entire eagles offense Ooh, i'm that's not a despair against a whole offense i'm not really uh sold Ooh. on the consistency of jalen hurts that's a uh, despair for me also. Which is going to affect Miles Sanders. Double despair on Miles Sanders. This brings us to our next segment, Jim. Our Q&A. As promised, I said our show would eventually have a fan-based Q&A. We set up our Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Facebook page, as well as our private group, Yak Brothers Fan Page, where our fans are, will be able to post questions for our Q&A segment. So, Jim, there's no questions on the table. So I got a question for you, Jim. We're going to go right to our Jimmy versus K segment. We talked about this earlier in the show today. What is your lock pick of the week, Jim? What are you going to bet your career on this week? Who is your lock pick? My uh, lock pick of the week, Andy, I always like to kind of seek out games on the schedule that, let's say, a lot of viewers. And I believe one of those games this week will be the Sunday night game when the Bills go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Ooh, this is interesting. Bills, Chiefs, Sunday night. So you're not going to take the low-hanging fruit and take an easy one? Like whoever's playing the uh, 
the um, I never like to take a low hanging. Whoever's playing, the take, whoever's playing the Texans this week. I never like to take low hanging fruit, Andy. Um, if you want to really build a reputation and actually gain some credibility, I'm going to go for the high stakes games. Yeah, just make sure you get it right this time, Jim. But my lock pick of the week: Bills come to town, but they go home losers. Mahomes and the Chiefs beat the Bills. They hear it. Jimmy's lock pick for the week is the Chiefs. Stay tuned for Kay's pick, and we'll go over that in next week's episode. And that is the end of our show for this week. Remember, tonight is Tuesday night, and you know what that means. Waiver wire pickups get pushed through. Look over your roster, the entire roster, your bench, your starters. Ask yourself key questions about each and every player as you comb throughout your lineup. Does he deserve to be there? Is there someone better that would better serve that slot? Someone that could bring you better value, like a handcuff selection. Then ask yourself, is it worth losing my waiver wire spot to add this guy? Also, be sure to hop on our Facebook page, hit that like button, and we'll invite you to our Yak Brothers fan group where you can ask us questions directly. You can also find us on Twitter and soon to be on Instagram, TikTok, etc., etc. Good luck this week and be sure to tune in next Tuesday for another exciting episode of Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast Show as we delve deeper in the NFL season and help you dominate your league. Good luck to all the fellow GMs out there. I hope you have a, a great week. You know, highly successful in the waiver claim department. Good luck in week five, and we'll see you next week. And and good luck to you, Jim versus uh, Kay Adams this week. Thanks, Andy. I'm I'm really not even breaking a sweat on that call. I I really know I'm going to be one and zero after this week in this in this newly head to head competition with Kay. I don't know what game she's going to be looking at, but uh, I'm fairly confident in, in my choice. You've just listened to the Yak Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes every Tuesday, oh yeah. They make me so hot. <laughs>